As you watch this teaching, please subscribe, like, and comment so more people can see. Welcome to Home Group. My name is Rick Renner, and my friend, I'm waiting just for you. Thank you for joining us for Home Group tonight. I'm here with Joel Renner and Paul Renner. Hey, guys. Dad, it is so good to be with you and with you, Mr. Renner. Thank you, Joel. It's good to be with you. And Paul, we have really missed you at Home Group, so we're glad that you're here. I've missed being in Home Group also. I think it's important to be in Home Group, but I've been busy doing other things, and I'm glad that I can be with you guys, be with you here today. Wouldn't it be fun if all the original Renners could be on Home Group? Denise and Philip here, but Philip's doing his ministry in America, and I'm so proud of him. Philip, if you're watching, we just speak the blessing of God to you. Amen. Amen. Overcoming strife. It's five parts. And you know, when I first started teaching this, I thought, well, I don't know if I have enough to share. You know, it is loaded. This series is so good. And the intros to every one of these is amazing. I filmed them on Palace Square in St. Petersburg, and my producer put together these intros like full documentaries. I mean, it is a it is amazing. Mm-hmm. I'm so thankful that through our TV program, we're able to take you to places you may never get to go to by yourself and to show you things that to me are amazing. I know these things. I've been there, and it's amazing to me. So I think that you must really be enjoying it. But if you haven't seen the regular program, please do. You will love it. And you ought to order this because this really is a life-transforming series, and it comes with a free study guide. And the book that we're offering is called You Can Get Over It. And as I told you on Monday, usually when I offer this book, we have a low response. Mm-hmm. And that is so strange to me because this is the book people really need. Everybody has an issue they need to confront, forgive, and get over. Mm-hmm. Everybody. Yeah. And when I wrote this book, it just liberated me. And it will liberate you. Oh, I deal with a verse in here. Where Jesus said, you got to speak to the sycamine tree and tell it to be planted in the sea. Ay, 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 it will open that verse to you like you have never heard it before. Sycamine was the wood used to build caskets. Mm. Which means if you don't deal with bitterness, it will bury you. It will put you six feet under. Anyway, all of that's in this book. I want you to order yours. It's really, really good. You know, something we know we're talking about strife. And sometimes, I don't know how it happens, but you can just like get into a strifeful situation. It's like you can just have a wonderful conversation and one person will say one word and it will just go all the way downhill. Well, but to get out of strife, you have to really do some specific things. But the Holy Spirit, Joel, can help you in those situations. Recently, I was preparing for a conversation that could have potentially been simply just been an eruption of emotions. Uh, And I was with some other faithful brothers in Christ preparing for a conversation. And during the conversation, the the Holy Spirit just kind of revealed that anything you say in this conversation will be used against you. It 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 was a revelation for that specific moment. Anything you say will be used against you. So instead of talking, which we were intending to talk, we decided to ask questions. And the conversation ended up to be four and a half minutes long. Well, that's good. Hmm. We barely said anything. And everything we said in the four and a half minutes was used against us. That's bad. I'm so glad we didn't talk any longer than four and a half minutes. Mm. But the Holy Spirit will help you in 
situations because he wants to reveal the future to you to actually tell you how to avoid difficult situations and control your tongue. He can actually help you in those situations. Well, tonight we're going to talk about the demonic source of strife. Mm -hmm. It's really demonic. Mm -hmm. You know, Joel, you said it's like something comes in the room. Yeah, it's like, how does that happen? Like you're just having a great day of conversation and like one little thing can just turn the whole day into some cascade of Well, strife, events. strife is demonic. It originated in heaven with Lucifer. Mm. When he created a big strife in heaven with the angels, it's, it's very demonic. But let's go to James chapter 3, verse 14. Okay. And James says, if you have bitter envy and strife in your hearts. Isn't that interesting? In your heart. In your heart. It's a heart issue. Glory not and lie not against the truth. Okay, there are two really important words here, the word bitter and the word envying. We saw in a previous home group this week that the word bitter is the Greek word pikria, and I want to tell you again what it means. An inner bitterness or attitude towards someone, toward a group, or toward a situation. An inner poison, pikria, that causes one to eventually become unkind, sour, sharp, sarcastic, scornful, cynical, mocking, contemptuous, and wounding. It's a bitterness that shows up in your mouth and on your face. Mm -hmm. The word envying is the Greek word zealous. Listen, guys, Paul, this describes a few of those situations you were just talking about. A person driven, driven to see his agenda adopted. Mm -hmm. One that is competitive, it denotes one upset, upset, because someone else achieved more or received more. Mm. One who is jealous, envious, resentful, and filled with ill will for the one who got what he wanted. Irritated, infuriated, irate, annoyed, provoked, fuming. One who is incensed. They're just on fire. And it goes on and it says, if you have bitter envying and what? Strife. Strife. All right, hold on. Here we go. This whole series this week is about overcoming strife. What does the word strife really mean? The word strife is the Greek word erethe. It is such a nasty word. Usually it describes a political party. It's often translated a party spirit because of its connection to political systems and political parties. Strife. It pictures individual or groups of people who push their agenda and ideas, fighting fiercely to see their platform accepted. Self-seeking ambition that is more concerned about itself and the fulfillment of its own wants, desires, and pleasures than in meeting the needs of others. Mm. Pictures one so bent on getting what he wants, that he's willing to do anything, say anything, and sacrifice any standard rule or relationship to achieve his goals. A selfish, self-focused attitude that is engrossed with its own desires and ambitions. One so self-consumed, he's blinded to the desires or ambitions of others. A person who's jockeying for some kind of position. Strife. And the verse says, it's in your hearts. It's in the heart. You know, it was one of you guys, one of these nights, said there are some people, Paul, it was you, some people that are just prone to be strifeful. Mm -hmm. They're really good at it. It's in their, it's a heart issue. It's a heart issue. It has to be uprooted and removed by the Holy Spirit. But the word erethea, 
because it is a political word which describes how warring political parties act. Just think right now about the world where, for example, in America, the Democrats and the Republicans, they can't even sit in the same room together. They're all after their own agendas. They can't seem to have a coming together. They're warring against each other. And I'm not saying who's right and who's wrong. I'm not going to say that. But that's the picture of strife. You know, Jesus said that when a house is divided, it cannot stand. And through strife, destruction comes, ruin comes, collapse comes. It comes through strife. It's demonic. It comes to destroy. That's the devil's aim. And this verse says it's in your hearts. And the Greek literally says in your hearts, indicating it is a hard issue. And he says, glory not and lie not against the truth. The word glory means an over-exalting at the expense of another. Actions that exalt one and downgrade another one. Mm-hmm. It's wrong. Anytime you're downgrading somebody and exalting yourself, you need to rethink what you're doing. If you feel like you have to put someone down in order to prove that you're right, you're, you're probably on the wrong path. That's just not what Jesus would do. Even if somebody was wrong, he wouldn't do it that way. Mm-hmm. And it says, lie not against the truth. The word lie, the Greek word sodomai, one who walks in a pretense that is untrue, one who intentionally misrepresents facts or truths. And verse 15 says clearly, this wisdom descends not from above, but is earthly, sensual, devilish. You know, I'm remembering one time Denise and I were summoned to mitigate a conflict in a church. The pastor told me the problem was the whole church and he was trying to straighten it out. When I got to that meeting, I could not believe what I saw happen. Paul, do you remember it? I wasn't there, but you've told me about it and I've spoken to some members of that church. I've only seen it once in my life. I've never seen it again. That pastor said that the Lord moved on him and he began lamb blasting everybody in the room. I have never heard such language. Called them idiots. You're all idiots. God has led me to lead a bunch of idiots. He used foul language. And I thought, not very constructive. He called me to help him. I called for the meeting to close. Mm -hmm. And I said to the pastor, let me tell you who the problem here is. It's you. You're the problem. No one in a spiritual position should talk like that. Well, I'm the pastor of the church. Yeah, I quoted this verse to him. Glory not and lie not against the truth. I said, you, God never leads you to degrade people. Never. There's never a moment we should call all the leaders of your church idiots. Why in the world would they want to follow you when you verbally abuse them? It was demonic. Mm-hmm. His church was being divided through his mouth. It was through his mouth. Mm-hmm. He just had strife in his heart. You know what happened? That guy later came to Moscow and you know what he said to me? If you don't take me on the staff of your church, I'm going to start my own church and take yours. <laughs> I thought, well, boy, I really want you on my staff. That's a great beginning. <laughs> it was in his heart. Yes. He took it everywhere he went. Yes. You know, if you've got strife everywhere you go, well, there's just one common factor. You. Maybe it's coming from you. And this verse says, this wisdom, this behavior does not descend from above. Descend, the Greek word, 
kat erkomai. It does not descend. It doesn't come down from above. It's not from a heavenly source, but is earthly. Epigeus. From the word geus, the word earth and epi. It's right off the face of the earth. This is right just from the earthly realm. Sensual. And this is really confusing because it's a Greek word, sokikos, which means soulish, belonging to the soul realm. And sometimes people operate in a soulish realm and it looks very spiritual. Mm -hmm. But it's not spiritual, it's manipulation. You've got to be really careful. There's somebody I know who feigns to be deeply, deeply spiritual. They're not spiritual, they're just soulish. They know how to pull every string and work people like a marionette and like a puppet. It's not spiritual law, it's soulish. It's of the soul realm and it's evil. And the Bible then says, devilish. Mm -hmm. And guess what the Greek word is? Daimoniodes. It's demonic. Demon-like, influenced by demons. It's demonic. Mm -hmm. And the next verse says, for where strife and envying is, there is confusion and every evil work. The word envy and strife is the same word we've already looked at. And the Bible says where these two elements are working, there is every evil, there is confusion and every evil work. The word confusion, listen to this, describes anarchy, chaos, insubordination, or some kind of attitude or action that creates upheaval, unrest, or instability. It is the actions or attitude of a person who creates some type of disastrous disturbance, any type of instability, confusion, or anything unstable. Mm -hmm. You know, when God is working through you, it brings stability. It is a soothing medication. We've already seen that. And if somebody's mouth has become a weapon that kills and it's slaying people and there's anarchy happening, my friends, this wisdom does not descend from above. I don't care how spiritual they feign to be. The Bible says this is just soulish activity. They are clearly under the influence of demons. In fact, the Bible says it is evil. And guess what the word evil is? Foulus. You hear a word? Mm -hmm. Foul. Foul. It's foul. It depicts something that stinks. Something that is rotting. Like meat full of maggots. Ugh. Have you ever seen meat with maggots in it? No. Well, good for you because it is really disgusting. God says when people behave like this, it's like meat filled with maggots. It's just... Ugh, sickening. Just get rid of it. And here's the RIV of James 3.14, James 3.15, and James 3.16. Okay, you guys ready? Mm -hmm. And then I'm going to ask you to comment. James 3.14, the RIV, which is the Renner's Interpretive Version. It's interpreted because it's expanded. It's a conceptual translation. And you've already translated one book of the Bible, and I heard you know, you know which book you want to translate next. I'm working on it, but don't ask me. I'm not going to tell you. Okay. Okay. Here it is. <laughs> RIV of James 3.14. You ready? Kids. Ready. Paul, I really want you to listen, Joel. Listen. This is the RIV. You ready? I'm ready. Okay. All right. This we're going to comment. If you have an inner attitude so bitter that your unkind, sharp, sour, sarcastic, scornful, cynical, mocking, contemptuous, and wounding of others... And if you're driven to see your view or agenda adopted at the expense of others, even irritated, infuriated, irate, annoyed, provoked, fuming, or incensed with others, and so filled with strife inside your heart that you're blinded to the desires or needs of others and are jockeying for advantage, even 
if it is to the disadvantage of others, then you must stop these actions and attitudes that are being carried out at the expense of others and quit projecting yourself as doing it all with right motives because it isn't true. That's such a good translation. Listen to verse 15. This is emphatically not the wisdom that comes down from above, but on the contrary. It is emphatically from a low-level earthly realm. It is pure soulish activity. And anyone who is thinking and behaving like this has clearly come under the influence of demonic activity. <laughs> that is so powerful. It is straightforward. Listen to verse 16. For where people have bitter envying and attitudes that makes them unkind, sour, sharp, sarcastic, scornful, cynical, mocking, contemptuous, and wounding of others, and when they are driven to see their view or agenda adopted at the expense of others and irritated, infuriated, irate, annoyed, provoked, fuming, incensed with others, and so blinded to the desires or needs of others that they're jockeying for some kind of advantage or position even to the disadvantage of others, it results in anarchy and every stinking work. It's demonic. It's demonic. But then verse 17 says, but the wisdom that is from above. So now James said, okay, now let's talk about godly behavior. The wisdom that is from above, which comes from a heavenly source, is first pure, peaceable, gentle, easy to be entreated, full of mercy and good fruits without partiality and without hypocrisy. The word first, first pure, the word first means first and foremost, above everything else, it is pure, uncontaminated. That's really what it means. The word peaceable, the Greek word aranikos. Do you hear a word? Arane is the word for peace, and nikos? Victory. Victory, to conquer. When you put the two words together, it means peace conquering, peace dominating. You know, the Lord can address issues really directly, but it brings peace. His, his peace is dominating. In the Old Testament, you know, it was very interesting that when they were going to slaughter a bunch of animals, they did it with the release of perfume, fragrances. Mm -hmm. Without those fragrances, it would have descended and smelled like slaughter. But you could slaughter it all and it would smell good because of the fragrances. And when the Holy Spirit deals with you, he doesn't just slaughter you and leave you on the floor bleeding. It feels good. There's a fragrance that comes with it because he deals with you in such a peaceful, merciful way. Then it says that it's gentle. Epie case. Gentle, mild. Easy to be entreated. It pictures one that is reasonable or agreeable as opposed to one who is ugly and obstinate in his behavior. Without hypocrisy, it pictures one that is Authentic, not phony. Not phony. And here's the RIV. Okay, you ready for another RIV? Yes. James 3.17. Wisdom that comes from a heavenly source is first of all recognizable because of its impeccable behavior. Isn't that fabulous? It's impeccable behavior. It comes with a dominating sense of peace and is characterized by mild, kind, tempered, calm, or gentle behavior that comforts, calms, softens, and brings healing to others. Real heavenly wisdom gets along with others and never demands its own way in an ugly and unreasonable behavior. It is filled to the brim with so much compassion that it finds a way to be helpful in any way possible 
such wisdom does not practice favoritism. It is authentic and genuine. So if you're in strife, you need to look at these verses and say, which one describes me? Is my behavior impeccable? Does it represent Jesus? Or does my behavior and my words show that I'm being influenced by a low-level source? And if you're being influenced by a low-level source, then just rein it in. Just bring your tongue under control, especially if you claim to be a spirit-filled Christian. Spirit-filled means spirit-controlled. It's time for you to yield control to the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit will enable you to say whatever needs to be said in a way that can be received. That's miraculous. What do you think, guys? Well, I just want to say that I think the people you listen to and the people you hang out with, you're probably going to act like those people. How do those people act? I think it's really important to think about. If you listen to people who are argumentative and always debating and always have, I don't know, has to be their way or no other way, well, you might act like them sometimes. And it might be good to listen to other people. That's what I think. That's very good. Paul? James chapter 3, verse 14 says, But if ye... Meaning, this could happen to any of us. Mm -hmm. We need to be very careful to guard ourselves against uh, bitterness, against envy. And then it compares in verses 15 and 17 two different types of wisdom. Now, that's very interesting because sometimes we think we're doing the right thing. And sometimes we think we're doing it the right way. And it may even seem logical. But we're, we're motivated by the wrong spirit or we have the wrong motivation. Some things that seem to be wisdom are not actually wisdom that, as written here, come from above. They're actually very, very soulish. So it's important that in our actions and, and in the way we try to resolve, sometimes we have to be involved in resolving a situation. In the way that we resolve situations, we're not moved by uh, fleshly thinking or wisdom, uh, a way of thinking that doesn't come from God. Not so long ago in church, I was involved in helping out in a situation between a conflict between two wonderful sisters in church. And very quickly, uh, it, the conversation became, became soulish. Very quickly, the conversation uh, was lacking a sense of spirituality to it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and in that situation... The, the, the correct thing to do was to stop the conversation, not continue the conversation in the realm which it was being held, <clears throat> but stop the conversation and give place for God, give place for a different type of motivation. Uh, so we have to be wise enough and, and sensitive enough to, to know which kind of wisdom, and the, and the only true wisdom is the wisdom that comes from God, but which type of logic are we actually using in a certain situation? Because sometimes we think we're doing the right thing, but, but we're not. And sometimes people are acting out of incorrect information. They get all upset and get angry about it, and they don't really know what they're talking about. Yes. An example would be last Sunday in our church in Moscow. Oh, my way. Right during the first service, we, our ministry recently became the owners of a big network. Isn't that amazing? It's amazing. Big Christian Christian television network, Russian-speaking network. And now we're broadcasting the Word of God 24-7. And there's this woman in our church who thinks, I became the owner of CNN. I do not own CNN. Don't even want CNN. 
that she is convinced that I have left the ministry and I'm sending because I have now entered into news on CNN. But the network is called CNL. It's called CNL. So the one right, that right while I'm speaking, she steps up the steps. Thank God the ushers were there. Grabs the pulpit. She says, I'm going to give a word from God to this church. It was honestly, it was kind of deranged. She's operating out of the wrong spirit with total wrong information. Wasn't anything spiritual about it. Mm -hmm. It was just soulish. It's demonic. Yes, she grabbed the pulpit. She, we, had to, we had to pry her hands <laughs> off the pulpit and carry her out. <laughs> but it was okay. She's a sweet woman. God bless She's, you. She didn't want to be like that. But anyway, we're going to be back tomorrow. It's been good tonight, but we'll see you tomorrow. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. If you enjoyed that teaching, please subscribe, like, and comment so more people can see it.